Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Heave-ho, let's get to it. Wow, that was a lot heavier than I thought. At least we don't need to carry that. Doran, look out. There's another one on your left. Did you see what he did to that spell? Roll it on. We're the dumb, stupid place. Red and Doran are right. Go in with an open mind. Where can we get a drink in this town? Oh, guys, hey! You sure you don't need a hand? One for a party! Uh, he's on us, everyone! And everything will go back to normal. Can't one of you magically lift things? Hello, Eve. Hey, Mom. <laughs> Welcome back to Dice Shame, episode 124, Friends in High Places. MVP this week is Habsyabvijja, who wrote us a glowing review on iTunes about how much we inspire them in the way we play. Thank you so much, friend. Thanks, Habsyabvijja. Invictus Con is back! That's right, Invictus Con 2022 is an online convention for fans of Dice Shame, Malevolent, and Invictus. Join us the weekend of March 25th for RPGs, contests, panels, and more. It's going to be so much fun. You have to be there. If you'd like to join an RPG, head to DiceShamePodcast.com slash InvictusCon and find out when signups are open. Plenty of games to be had. Best of all, it's 100% free. Free! All right, should we play some D&D? Let's do it. 
the three giant artifacts securely back in your possession, the shield, the boulder, and the broken mask, you look out upon the rushing icy river with renewed purpose. The wreckage of the airship still smolders in the distance, but your attention is toward the tasks you have at hand. Silvery Moon lies ahead of you, some significant distance to the southwest, but Red's inability to become lost and Jack's unerring sense of direction mean that you will make your way wherever you are determined to go. The strange hairy creatures known as the Corrid, having deposited you and your belongings on the riverbank, have turned their backs to you in favor of continuing to salvage interesting pieces of the wrecked airship. So long, friends! Thank you for... Well, I guess letting us barter with you, mm-hmm. showing you how we do it down south, Red says the big thumbs up as he climbs into the boat. <laughs> well, it was certainly kind of them to uh, let us get our stuff back from the wreckage. Kind? They raked us over the coals. Yeah. At least we're, at least we're here and moving forward. And yeah. We do have transportation again. It's not flying, but it'll do, I suppose. I just can't believe we met Corrid. Those things are super rare. Like, they're... Only a handful of people on the surface have, like, interacted with them like we have. That's kind of cool. Yeah, we're cool. Uh, Dorn, why don't you get the left flank? Uh, Kraloth, are you okay with the right? Uh, Jack and I could do the rowing, but honestly, we're not uh, Of course. Ready. Of course. Sure. You just told me what to do. All right, I'll be at the bow. And Red climbs in and steadies the boat as the others climb in. What size of Steven are you using? So we're using sort of the smallest boat, which is the 10-foot-long one that we rowed down the river anyway. But it mm-hmm. fits four comfortably, which I imagine allows space for our various accoutrements. And pets. <laughs> and pets. Come on, Shale! Who's, like, been quietly plodding along behind Red, walking on her own now. Plotting oh. and plotting. Mm-hmm. And plotting. Yeah, the camera mm-hmm. just pans to her and it gets like a dun-dun-dun! <laughs> Their weird little alien eyes do like a Oh, she loves me so much, Mm -hmm. though. It's not even funny. She's like got her little claws open for like daddy to pick her up. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Red will get in the uh, bow and uh, begins guiding everyone as we move downriver. Your journey downstream is a rough one. The river only runs because of its swift speed, and at times chunks of ice crash violently against the side of the magical boat. You're sprayed over and over with freezing water as you encounter patches of especially coarse rapids and soon you're all soaked to the skin and rhymed with ice. Gripping the paddles is difficult with frozen hands, though necessary, as you need the oars to push off rocks that threaten to put a hole in the bottom of the boat and to avoid the worst spots as best you can. I kind of picture Red up front with Shale, like, pointing out and directing... To the left! To the left! Harder! Oh, oh, too, 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 too much, too much! Back, 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 back! Okay, okay, keep it forward, keep it forward! Uh-huh. Yeah. And Doran, with his, with his oar, is pushing away chunks of ice as they come towards us. But glancing over Doran's shoulder at Kraloth, who's managing the other side of the boat, what's Kraloth's demeanor? Like, is he panicked? Like, sort of red, and I imagine Jack is a little bit, and, and same with, with Doran. You look over at Kraloth, and you see him very stoically paddling and being very efficient with his strokes, and almost all of his strokes are completely uniform, and it doesn't look like there's much on his mind. And then at the snap of a finger, he is 
shouting something to Red or laughing, and it's like a sudden switch, like a like zero to a hundred switch mm. of him looking like he's completely stoic to having lots of color and animated. Mm. And it's actually in one of these moments where you realize that Kraloth looking right at you, Doran. Oh. Doran, look out. There's another one on your left. Oh, oh, thanks. Keep it tight, boys. Having stared far too long at Kraloth, I I put my oar back in the water and really start focusing again on paddling this boat and making sure we don't crash. Jack is mostly trying to keep Kieran from leaping out the boat or getting caught on a rock or doing something. So he's doing a lot of wrangling a wet, excited puppy who's too smart for his own good and thinking about what's next on the journey. He's sort of given to faith that with Red's piloting and the the brawn of, of Kraloth and Doran, the ship stuff is handled. And so he's sort of lost in his own thoughts about, you know, going to Silvery Moon and then somehow trekking up back into the woods to find Barone as well and just, just kind of casting his mind forward in time and, and wiping the odd splash of frozen water off his face. At particularly shallow or treacherous spots, you are forced to get out and walk. The boat folds up easily enough, but the giant artifacts, the boulder and the shield, they are large and heavy and too cumbersome to fit inside the bag of holding. Mm. How do you accomplish these portages? I think Red noticed them first, obviously. And he's like, All right, slow down, slow down, hold back, hold. And as we come to a stop sort of near the side, he sort of turns. Uh, looks like we're going to need to uh, walk it mm. this time. Mm. Everybody, let's get out. I feel like Doran jumps out of the boat, not necessarily doubting Red, but then walks further down the river to, to realize that, like, yeah, it's starting to get, like, ankle deep at this point, And there's really, the boat's too heavy to continue on. Yeah, I guess you're right, poking around in the water. On the plus side, as soon as we get out and move the artifacts off, Red just says, Steven won! And the boat folds up. So, at least we don't need to carry that, he says, as uh, he sort of looks down. And we're sort of just on an offshoot. It's still icy, still cold, but it's sort of that transitional weather, you know, where as we look around, some of the trees are clear of snow. And I kind of picture us in a in a half moon clearing with the woods all around us enough that we can sort of trudge along the river and uh, find another spot to land. I don't think we should venture too far into the woods, Red says as he eyes the tree line. The sooner we can get back on the water, the better. Yeah. And maybe Doran's standing, eyeing the artifacts, wondering how the hell we're going to, like, move them. I guess we could uh, roll the boulder. Could we? Would that damage it? He looks over at Jack. It's a giant-made artifact that's lived this long. I think if, if a little scuffing is going to break it, then we'd, we'd be in trouble. Hmm. I just don't worry about coming across two trees too close together to roll it through. Why don't we make skis? Hmm. Some kind of... I don't know, sliders that we could yeah. put it on and pull it. it might be easier. Or toboggan. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Sort of use a, a way to, to drag it so that we don't actually need to carry it. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> well, a question. How deep is the snow? Like, could we just put the boat on the snow and drag oh. the boat? Like you a could sled? if you were in an open plane. Oh, but it's pretty 
dense forest. Yeah, you know? you're there's forest and rocks and it would be Plus I think it would just be too awkward. I think it'd be too awkward because where there's trees and snow, it's usually not as deep and so yeah, you've got yeah. like Does it make the most sense to fashion something then and maybe just drag it? We can keep it upright and red sort of steps back measuring with his hands and again the rarity of red getting to show his guild artisanry mm. you know it, it comes out again as he sort of eyes the tree lines for the types of trees that he could cut down mm. i don't know it might not be worthwhile but if we wanted to i could probably fashion something that could keep this thing upright would allow it to fit between uh, trees a little easier a little bit of rope and we can pull it along behind us thoughts well, either that. Hey, can't can't one of you magically lift things? Like, isn't that one of one of your spells? All of us look towards Jack. Just yeah. one of you. <laughs> it's possible, but there's there's a limit to how far that'll get us. Like, we're you know, if if we're talking about just from here to over there, I could maybe levitate it ten minutes, maybe two thousand feet, something like that, but. Going beyond that, we're going to need a, a better idea. So I don't, I don't know how far till the next time we're on the on the water again, Red. Uh, and Red sort of hops onto what I imagine is like large boulders a couple hundred feet down the river mm-hmm. that are blocking it. Red sort of skips off and climbs onto those with the rushing water beneath them. And he spots down the river to try to see where it opens up again. It's clear as far as you can see, but this is a winding river. Uh, you know what? It's only a couple hundred feet. I think we can just carry the thing. Mm-hmm. Heave ho, let's get to it, Jack says, and then looks to all the stronger people. In the- <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a disingenuous that he doesn't catch until it's out of his mouth. It's just- I think Red sort of gives him a look and arches an eyebrow and says, Jack, I think if we all carry, uh, it'll be easier. Of course. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm here to help. And then... Doran kind of, uh, you know, goes and stands in front of it, does, kind of does a squat and mm. and motions for you guys to kind of push it up onto his back, you know? As a stout little strong dwarf, I feel like, you know what? I might be able to carry this boulder on my back, you know? All right. At least 100 yards. Like, if Doran thinks he can do it, sure, let's try it. Yeah, bend over, Doran. Hmm. Let me shove this hard thing in your back. Maybe I'll, I'll spot you and just keep a... Be the motivating force there. Maybe Kraloth and Red and I can balance it on your back, and away we go. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just stand underneath it. Hey, well, um, this this might help as well. Doran, hold still, hold still before you put it on. And Kraloth steps towards you, and uh, he blows some sage uh, over Doran's beard. <laughs> little bits uh, fall in. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, that smells pretty good. I'm gonna cast uh, enhance ability on him uh, nice. for nice. bull's strength. And then, so the target has advantage on strength checks and his or her carrying capacity doubles. So I don't know what your carrying capacity oh. is, Doran, but you might just be able to throw it in your sack. <laughs> roll an athletics check. Okay, me. I'll just roll an athletics check, yeah. With advantage. That is going to be a 26. Wow. Nice. I rolled a 19. Hey, all right. Based on that, can I carry this Boulder, do you think? At least a hundred. Oh, absolutely. Meters? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Maybe cool. it's a little bit uh difficult to get up on your back just because of its size. Yeah. But once it's there securely, you have no trouble. Doran's like Come on, Doran, I'll guide you. And Red starts walking in front of Doran to sort of guide him towards the the next area of the river. Jack takes a moment to walk over to Kraloth before we follow and, and just says do you have all the components you need? I just want to make sure maybe if, if you needed something for your pouch, I just noticed how you cast that spell and you didn't use your your holy symbol. So I just wanted to make sure you had everything you needed. Oh, uh, 
Well, I mean, I'm, I'm always channeling into my holy symbol, whether I have it in my hands or not. I, I think I'm okay for now, but I'll, I'll definitely let you know if, if I do uh, find something that, uh, that, that I need. Thank you, Jack. Maybe when we get a moment, we can just take stock. I just want to make sure you're taking care of yourself. And Jack kind of pats him on the back and let's catch up. Mm. Kraloth follows. All right, right here, right here. And Red throws the boat on. Steven, too! The water as it plops out and Doran sets it down onto the boat. Wow, that was a lot heavier than I thought, but not impossible. (laughs) (laughs) And he kind of looks at himself. You did it, Doran. Good job. Oh, your back is bleeding, bud. How much do you think that was, Doran? (laughs) Probably about 900 pounds. 900? There's no way that's 900 pounds. If I had to guess... Well, look at me. And Doran stands and kind of holds his biceps. Look at this. Look at this. Ugh. And he stands there doing muscly poses for a little too long while nobody's really paying attention. You're built, though. Like, you're easily the strongest member of the party. Oh, for sure. I'm a strong dwarf. I, even, I'm strong even for dwarves. You know what I'm saying? Look at those muscles. I'm like a very strong dwarf. Yeah. You're, You're so strong. In fact, Doran stands there facing the <laughs> woods going, I'm a strong dwarf. I'm the strongest dwarf. Look at these. We're all like in the boat looking at Doran being like, Doran, what the hell are you doing? Come on. <laughs> I'm all veiny. Look at how veiny I am. Oh, oh I'm coming. I'm coming. A day passes and it's much of the same you know, maybe you guys make camp overnight on the riverbank and then you head off again the next day. And you still find yourself having to brave these rapids to deal with these large chunks of ice and it it gets exhausting. During one of these portages where you're walking beside a shallow area of the river where the snow and ice have closed up over the water, a strange pale shape with a massive wingspan circles overhead and flaps down towards you. Mm. I think Red draws his bow and seeing it coming says, Everyone get ready, something's coming! It's another one of those manticores, Doran says. Yeah, it was, it was definitely that, that Periton, the legendary creature we fought a while ago that flashed in Jack's mind as he like dives for cover. Mm. As it gets closer, it appears to be a construct of some kind, fighting against the wind like a kite made of folded parchment resembling a griffin. It lands on its folded paper legs in front of you, shakes its wings with a crisp snap, and unfolds itself into a sheet of giant-sized paper covered in violet runes. Each rune illuminates and quivers lightly as a familiar voice speaks the words translating in common for your ears. To my small friends... It is I, Zephyros, lately of the Corin Archipelago. Far away as I am, I continue to mark your progress on your quest. Take heart, little ones. Though your recent troubles seem a great setback, I am told that all is as it must be. I can't help but marvel at the zeal with which you attend each new challenge. For my part, I have learned some news of the storm giant court. Queen Neri is dead. Sarissa, 
the youngest daughter of King Hecaton and the late queen, has assumed the Worm Skull throne in their absence. It would appear that the Storm Giants have a new ruler, at least for the interim. This development has not swayed Anum, and I continue to feel the deep gnawing that I know all giants must. The ordning remains broken. There is much that remains to be seen. Hearken closely to my words. You are not alone in your quest. Attend closely to the path you are on, and do not stray. And even when it might seem like you are alone, remember that you have friends in this world, of which I am one and always, the wizard Zephyros. As the last words of the message are spoken, the parchment folds itself in half, then in half again, faster and faster until it becomes vanishingly small and disappears into nothing. I think Red sort of stands agape, looking at everybody equally stunned and is the first to speak, as is tradition. <laughs> he says, Classic. I, I, I can't believe that... Uh, that Sephiros is keeping an eye on us. It's it's almost comforting. I know, right? Did you see what he did to that spell? I what a neat twist. I taught him that one, but it, he's changed it in some really cool ways. I gotta think about that some more. How? Huh? Darren Kraloth, Red says, stepping in front of Jack. I can't believe that Zephyros is is watching us. It's it's comforting in a way. I suppose. <laughs> and Kraloth walks to where the the letter vanished. Well, it is certainly uh, a little bit comforting knowing that we've got, you know, our giant friend. Thank you, Doran. Looking down upon us. Red, I, I agree with you. It's, um... I mean, it's been so long since we heard from him or saw him. I Part of me thought that, I don't know, maybe he never made it to where he was heading. Or, or maybe he just forgot about us. It's reassuring to have friends, especially giant ones that are in our corner between Harshnag and him. And... And frankly, I, yeah, I, I want to start counting our friends. As he said, having friends in this world is important. And Red sort of takes a beat and looks at everybody. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's what keeps us strong. Mm. And we need strength, he says, and takes a half step towards Kraloth. We need strength right now, more than anything. And that's not just the strength of Doran, and he touches your rippling muscles, but it's the strength of our, of our bond guys more than anything we need to stay strong together he's right we're on the path right now we're on a path towards something greater and i think we all feel the bitter sting of it but Hmm. but also it's a gift that we get to put the fates in our hands and and that's an honor we need to have have the right head about Hmm. and i suppose part of it too is and doran looks back at the boulder and then unknowingly also looking right at Kraloth. We've certainly faced some difficult challenges, but, you know, for every step backwards, I mean, I suppose we are taking steps forward, too. You're damn right we're taking steps forward. We picked ourselves up. We're dusting ourselves off. We're moving downstream. We're going to Silvery Moon to see Jack's mom to find out what's going on. Maybe get some help. Who knows? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, we can do this. 
Yes, of course, we can do this. We will sort out the ordning, and then all will be well with the world. And everything will go back to normal. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I go normal. that far. It'll be fine, Jack. Yeah. Maybe it hasn't been that long. It was like a month or something since we heard from Zephyros. He's... It's good, Jack. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I, I get the sentiment. It's just Jack's a pedant. And take the sentiment. Take it. Take it. And I push the letter in Jack's face. <laughs> take it. Take that sentiment. It's positivity. It's hmm. been like two months. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, I, I know I sent him a letter on the 2nd of Uktar. I don't know how long after that he got back to me, but I forget mm. the... So, you know, we're, but... I, <laughs> and and Kraloth steps towards you, Jack, and <laughs> he has a wide grin on his face, and he says, Red and Doran are right, and so is Zephyros. If we keep on moving, we take steps forward, we'll get to Silvery Moon before you know it, and then we'll be able to put a rest to the ordning. It'll be okay. Yeah. Come on, follow me, Jack. You guys are going to love Silvery Moon. It's way better than Everland. We're going to hate it, he says to Doran. Mm. Jack does not get us at all. <laughs> it's just people walking around with books yeah. and just shushing any noise. That's Red's mm. like interpretation. Like if Jack loves the city. <laughs> it's a city of yeah. a library. Just kind of the library ambition. city of Silvery Moon. We all have like little internal visions. Like Doran's like, we're going to love it there. And he looks up and there's a bubble above his head. And there's like all these dwarves walking around and beautiful people and women. And he's like. And Red looks up and the bubble sort of pops. And it's just a bunch of, yeah. People shushing each other, and he's like, I'm gonna hate it there. <laughs> well, if you've made up your mind ahead of time, I'm sure you will. But if you go in with an open mind, I just have some really great memories of the place. Oh, yeah, like what? Yeah, like what? I don't know. It would- <laughs> It'd be so fun as a DM just to make Silvery Moon like the dumbest, stupid place. <laughs> We're the dumb, like stupid place. <laughs> and, and Jack starts going through his catalog of memories of Silvery Moon, and they're all like, Really just, they're not moments of the city as an adult. They're all just like his glowing memories through the lens of nostalgia of being a kid whisked away to your mom to do something incredible and mind-boggling and magical and then like shoved back to Waterdeep where everything kind of sucks. And so, of course, he thinks, you know, it's it's lovely. But as he goes to try and like find a memory to get everybody excited about, he can't find anything that they're going to like. Like no part of Silvery Moon that he's experienced is a thing that... Maybe even adult him has a ton of experience with. He's been here and there for a bit, but not like real Silvery Moon. Look, Jack, I'm sure we're going to love it. I'm just kidding. At the end of the day, like I said, I'm excited to meet your family. I'm excited to, uh, frankly, to give Doran a bath. I mean, get him (laughs) a bath. Uh, I don't want to give you a bath, but hey. And that letter revealed some information, too. Queen Neri's dead. Yeah. Uh, Sarissa is on the worm skull throne. I mean... You know, from what we've learned uh, at the Oracle, you know, the the information of the dragons that's influencing the court, doesn't that mean Sarissa might be at the behest of some of these winged friends of ours? He looks up to the sky ominously. Jack snaps his fingers and has like a, a little hi- hierarchy um, family tree kind of thing pop up in front of us and like got a big X over the queen's name. And I think the king is missing still, right? Like there's a big question mark of like, where is King Hecaton? And, and you know, showing the, the youngest sister ascending to the throne. There's almost a bit of Jack's memory updating itself as he remembers all the things about this family that he doesn't think about that much. I wonder how the queen died. Yeah, Red says as he takes a bite of beef jerky. I don't know. Maybe old age. 
Oh. Hey, what time is it? Red looks up at the sky and then to Jack. Mm-hmm. We got a couple more hours before uh, the sun goes down. We, we could be able to get a little further down river. Yeah, all right. Red says and picks up his corner of the boulder. <laughs> uh, yeah, J- Jack braces himself on the other side and waits for someone with the combined strength better than Jack and Red to be a uh, you know the, the solid center on this. Hmm. Yeah, Doran, you know, takes his position in front of the boulder. Okay, roll it on. Here we go. Doran, we talked about this last time, and we're not putting it on your back every time. This is our seventeenth portage today. You're gonna break your back. I'll never. I'm so strong. Look at the bulging muscles. Jesus Christ. Fine. (laughs) Fuck it. Every time he does it, he talks about how awesome he is. Just wait until later that night where I'm like, my back. Oh. (laughs) And you'll never be able to shut me up. By the way, Jack. Yeah. This thing's a bool, but does it do anything? I mean, it's a nicely polished stone, but does it have some sort of purpose besides being heavy and round? I mean, I, I think it's it's more of a religious significance. I think, you know, it's sort of a, sort of a ceremonial thing. I think it, it they wanted something, you know, w- with a little gravity, even for stone gi- or even for I think it's stone giant, even for stone giants. And Jack's going through, you know, I, I think it's you know, it's 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 a little bit. I wonder if you know, it takes the four of us to, to heave it up. I wonder if they were sort of mm. amongst themselves thinking about what it is to lift or or to commune or stand with it on your back for how many hours can you stand to have a, a experience communing with Anam or the other gods. There are also some runes decorating the surface of this specific boulder that set it apart from any random stone that you would find on the side of a river. Hey, look, that one's illed. Maybe it faced the fire. I'm pretty sure there's a rune in my back. Ugh. All right, let's go. Red leads everyone to the next riverbank. The small stream that you've been following since the Sky Pony's spirit mound finally empties out into a series of frozen-over lakes. It would seem that your river road is no longer able to carry you forward. The lakes are dotted with rocky islands, and within the first hour or two of traversing this new territory, you encounter a temporary settlement on the ice made of tents and even a small log shack. Enlisting the help of the ice fishers you find there, you're able to hire a sled and dog team to help you move the giant artifacts over the frozen lakes, and they helpfully direct you towards another river that will lead you on through to Silvery Moon. The Ralvin River exits the lake system to the west and is broad enough that it no longer threatens your travel with treacherous currents, but whose banks extrude ice out into the water such that you travel through a wide gap of open water that runs down its center. Hmm. I tell you, I didn't think we'd be back on a dog sled so soon. Just like up north, huh? Mm-hmm. At least there's no blizzard to get lost in, right? Mm. I was going to say, at least we could see ahead of us. Yet! Mm-hmm. Oh, this beautiful open water where it's smooth paddling as he dips his oar into the water and you hear that blush. Oh, it's so nice. Don't worry, Kieran. You're every bit as good as those dogs. They can't do half the stuff you can. Don't worry about it. Thanks, boss. Altogether, you travel in the folding boat for four days and nights, arriving in Silvery Moon on the final day of the year, the 30th of Nightall. It's late afternoon and snowing big, gentle flakes, though it feels warm enough almost to loose the cloak at your throat. 
The sun streams down red and gold from its perch near the horizon, and the light catches the pale gem of silvery moon and makes it sparkle dramatically as you approach on the river. Jack, it occurs to you that the color of the city is different than you know from your memories. You recall Silvery Moon to have a lush, verdant cast, but then you've never been here in a city covered in snow. It's desaturated now, the only green coming from dark pines, spruce, cedar, but it's no less beautiful than you remember from the warmer months. 800 years ago, elven craftspeople coaxed quarries of light stone to spring forth with tall spires and elegantly curving bridges. Trees were trained to grow amongst the stonework, or else the stone was somehow set within extant trees, such as the interrelationship between masonry and horticulture here. And as you drift on the Ralvin through the river gate and nearing the docks, the character of the city reveals itself shyly. Though people move through the streets in numbers equal to those of Everland or Yarder, there's no riot of noise. It's tranquil, pensive, secret. You smell the light amber scent of wood smoke. A distant temple is ringing with some unearthly choir. You have made it. Welcome to Silvery Moon. Wow, sounds beautiful. Mm. There's people singing. Yeah. It's so peaceful. I thought I'd hate it, but it feels like a warm blanket. Hmm. The the snow has a nice effect as well. Kind of, everything is so quiet. Yeah. You come up to the docks. There are other vessels here that are tied. They're gently nodding and bumping at each other, tied to the moorings. There's a, a woman at the docks that tries to help you tie up your boat. She's trying to steal it. Uh, no, 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 it's all right. Everyone out. And Red hushes everyone out and then just folds up the boat. Jack stops on the last step before getting out, almost nervous to experience Silvery Moon with these people in case like his perfect memories of it are to be changed in some way with with a, you know, new experience. Hmm. Well, now get out. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Just lingers there and I'm like, "Come <laughs> on, Jack. I'm <laughs> waiting to fold up the boat." Time. Sorry, yeah, we'll, let's go. We'll heave these things off and away we go. And then I fold up the boat. <laughs> and I put it in the bag of holding. <laughs> Silvery Moon. Pretty cool. Pretty mm. cool. So, what are we doing with the bull and stuff? Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. question. Uh, they're right there. And I point. They're just rolling on the dock. Oh, no. Oh, no. Right into the water. Uh, perhaps there are some dock hands <laughs> who can help us uh, find a place to store this um, in a warehouse or something. Yes. Old man. Yes. Sorry, woman. Can you please help us with these large, heavy objects? We need some place to store them and roll them and somewhere safe, preferably. We certainly have storehouses. Oh, you're so much younger than you seem from afar. Your voice is very strained from a distance, but up close you speak pretty normally. I'm very impressed with your range. You know, I can, I can, uh, I can just lift the boulder and Doran kind of like... Yeah, we know you're strong. God, but at this point, Doran kind of like awkwardly like uh, walks over as it, it's clear he's strained his back at some point. Aww. I I could just uh, li- lift lift it again. I mean, so it's okay. It's okay, Doran. You you no, put a stone giant Doran. to shame. No, no, I'm okay. No, I'm it's okay. too much. I'll do it. Doran. I'm, it's no. fine. You, I need you. Need me, to Doran. Do listen to me. Your sexuality and strength is too powerful for a town like this. You need to tone it down. Oh. Otherwise, we'll be cast out. You think so? Trust me here. You're too oh. strong and bulging with muscle. Yeah? 
Oh, yeah, look at these lean elves. They're all, they're all wiry and elegant. They're just not used to you. They're, they're going to be intimidated. Look, this old woman is intimidated. Yeah, yeah, good point, good point. Okay, uh, yeah. yes, of course, we all need help moving this boulder, especially me. Where can we get a drink in this town? You do have drinks in this town, right? Yes, where is your cheapest pub? The woman at the docks points towards a tavern nearby that has a sign above the door that says the Rose's Thorn. Oh, is it nice and cheap? It is extremely... Frugal? Affordable? Cheap? It, it is affordable, yes. Brilliant. And you have a place that you could store this large round object for us? Yes, we can keep this rock safe for you. A rock. If only you knew how much we went through for that rock. <sighs> no problem. To the rose! Is this a mostly elven town, or is it a mix? I mean, it is a mix, but it is largely elven. Okay, cool. Hmm. I'm buying the first round, boys! And Red leads the way and kicks open the door to the tavern. I love how whenever you guys go to a new town, you're like, forget what the thing is that we were coming here to do. Let's go drink. Are you kidding? Best place to learn about the local culture and cuisine. Hey, hey, Jack, I bet they have the one of those tarts that you love. What are they called? The, uh, uh, the... Melon tart. The Gazette. Oh, yes, that's right. Galette. Galette, that's it. We'll get you one of them. And Red, who had kicked open the door, but now it's swung shut again, turns around and kicks the door again and enters. And Doran, in a very jovial sense, you know, after stepping into the door, uh, turns to Kraloth. Hey, Kraloth, what are you going to have? And then looking at Kraloth, almost immediately, in almost an awkward way, loses his smile. Ah, what are are you going to have to drink, Kraloth? Kraloth is looking around. He doesn't seem totally present and goes, oh, oh. Oh, uh, what am I, what am I, what do you mean? Oh, I just mean, um, nothing. I mean, where, where are you going to have to drink, Kraloth? Oh, um, uh, 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 some ale, I, I guess. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll have an ale too, um, and, and we'll cheers over it. And I feel like you already see Red at the bar, who's like, which basically brought us to the River North. And after that, we uh, portaged a few times and arrived here. And we're still thinking about how, oh, guys, hey! And he's, like, talking to the bartender, already telling them the entirety of the life story that they've had. Yeah. And there's three drinks. Like, it's been, like, 30 seconds, not even, and Red's already got these things. And the elf behind the bar, I feel like, doesn't even care. He's just kind of like, yeah, okay. Not in a rude way. It's just, like, totally this, this, this energy that he's bringing to this bar which is so still is like very awkwardly juxtaposed have you been here before jack not to not to this place and jack kind of casts his gaze across the horizon trying to from this angle identify which of the towers is is his mom's and can't quite make it out and and steps inside no i um a lot of my time has been spent sort of maybe not not in you know I don't get to see my mom very often, so it's always been sort of very family-focused. You know, it it wasn't a lot of time to go explore the city. Oh, oh, I see. Um, So yeah, it'll it'll be fun to see it with you guys. I mean, and the spices in the Silvery Moon food culture has got to be interesting. I can't wait to see what you make of it. Uh, The the spices? Ah, yes, yes. (laughs) Definitely, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, those spices. 
Where should we sit? Sit right here at the bar next to me. Red oh. says as he kicks mm. the three chairs over. What the hell is taking you guys so long? It's taking you like 10 minutes to get from the front door to here. And these okay. drinks aren't getting any colder. Two minutes and 36 seconds. Hurry right? up. And peccaries. When you say peccaries, he says, like, talking to the, the person behind the bar, is it, like, cured or smoked? Or- and every time Kraloth, like, goes to step forward, Doran's, like awkwardly goes to step forward at the same time and then and then there's like this moment of like oh no no you you, you go ahead please please uh-huh. jack goes in first to join red jesus there you are sorry it's We're- been a dog's age and he pats you on the back hard and pushes a drink towards you maybe we just keep doing it you know and there's like this awkward moment where yeah yeah <laughs> yeah finally kraloth goes and he sits down at the bar it is late afternoon the sun is low on the horizon and the tap room of this tavern is fairly full, although not with any patrons nearly as boisterous as the four of you. <laughs> there is a table occupied by several people playing cards. The cards that they're playing with are oversized and very colorful. The tavern smells as Jack mentioned, of exotic spices and someone who is sitting at the bar farther down seems to be eating this meat that's stuffed with something that you can't really discern. The glasses that you're drinking ale out of are golden in color. And this is my friend Jack, as I was telling you about. Now, he's been here a lot. Do you recognize him? I don't know. Have you been here before, Jack? Not here specifically. Ah, well, now you have. Um, Hasn't he? Tell him he has. It's true. What a what a place. Uh, it's, it's great. It's nice to be here. Welcome to the Rose's Thorn. Can I get you anything else? Yeah, we'll get four of the pecorines. And, and then four more, just your standard ale, please. That's right. And a bottle of wine, maybe. For the table, I just just so they can try some some elven wine. <laughs> for the table, sure. I love it. Absolutely. I hope we get to drink some too. Red or white but, or I mean, if you've got Elverquist, a hundred percent, that would be the red, definitely red. Yeah, you know, so the, red, white Elverquist. Elverquist is what yet yeah, they say it's distilled from sunshine and rare summer fruits. It's the best wine. Mm. It's the most elven wine experience I think that I've ever had, and I just think it would be fun to share it with you. Is it red? I typically like things that are red. It's it's. <laughs> I wonder why. It's hard to like. It's it's flecked with gold. It's a it's a you, it's it's a experience unto itself. It defies it defies. Sure, you. a bottle for us, but also bring me some of that red stuff that you mentioned because that sounds fun too. Yep. You guys settle in uh, at the bar, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Just sit at the bar. Yeah. The Elverquist comes on a special platter. There are four specific goblets that are served with this drink. Yeah. And as it comes out of the bottle, sparkling, like Jack mentioned, also kind of smokes a little bit. My God, what does this thing take you home at the end of the night to? How much is this, by the way? Don't worry about it. I did ask for cheap, and I give like the bartender a like a side eye, as if we're being duped, which I know we're not, because Jack requested this. <laughs> uh, th- this one's on me, Red. Um, I I sort of take the bottle and, you know, make sure everybody's got a glass and and um, uh, to Silvery Moon with friends. What a what a way to experience the city. Thanks for making it here with me. I'll toast to friends. I will also toast to friends here. Yes, yes, a toast. Making the next checkpoint on our travels. Cheers. Wait, wait to say it, but all right. Red downs it. Yeah, Doran downs it too. And then and then goes to pour another from the bottle. <laughs> Jack takes an appropriate sip. 
That was great. So, what kind of games you got around here? Let's get some energy going on. Remember Yada? And Red like turns around to the open bar, which is silent. He like waits for anyone to pick up his energy. No one does. And then he turns back. Yada was great. I don't think there are any Drag King bars in Silver, Silver Moon. Moon. Yeah, that's okay. We don't need to go there. Um, tell me this place has a pulse, Red says to the bartender. What do you, what do you guys do for a little bit of energy? Gambling? Uh, excitement? Racing? Fencing? What do you guys do? Um, if you are seeking entertainment this night, we have some religious service at the temple next door to celebrate the last light of the year. Oh my god! Red slams his drink down. A, a temple to whom? Coraline Lorantian, probably. He's uh, although there's a bunch of temples here. It's very, it's a very diverse city. Oh, have you got any underground um, um, fights? We want to see fights, Doran and I. It doesn't. Well, have I was to be going to say underground temples, or or you know that sort. Oh, Jesus um, God, what is going on with you guys? Well, underground fights would be good, especially an underground temple. It is the temple to Mistra. Oh, Mistra. oh. Who, who is this? Oh, the. Goddess of all magic. Oh wow, magic! She controls the weave that runs through us. It's it's how we all connect with our with the the wow. power that is at our fingertips. So no great underground cities is what you're saying. Oh, or fighting underground fighting. Or I don't fighting. don't 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 discount that because I would be down for that. Well, I meant underground cities with fighting in them. You know, <laughs> oh good good. That's, that's you know, lots right. of dwarves, right? I'm not a, a uh, tour guide unfortunately this is just my my bar so. right 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 well, right right well, what is your name keenon you already told me when i walked in oh keenon aaron right right i'm sorry at your service uh cheers to you keenon and uh and another cheers to everyone in the bar and doran's trying to pick up red's energy and 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 drive it into the bar even harder <laughs> hell yeah cheers and he stands up on the uh bar stool and he turns to the rest of the bar and holds up his beer wobbling cheers really loudly maybe three or four times this is like a place of elven construction right the furniture is like made of like these graceful pieces of wood that like crisscross and you know what I mean? It's like lattice work. Like finely carved everywhere. Yeah. 90% of the people in here are drinking tea and coffee. Like to me, I picture a guy in the corner reading and he's like looking at us over the top of his book. Like <clears throat> the guy at the end of the bar who's eating dinner, like waves at you guys as you're like, come on, everyone. Let's That's party. Right. And he's just like, yeah. hello. And first rounds on us. Uh, the cheap stuff. None of this big flashy bottle. Get whatever's nice and cheap. Uh, is on us, everyone. Red like waits for the applause, which none comes. <laughs> God, Doran, maybe we need to start a fighting ring here. Maybe. That guy looks like he's Not asking up. for it. And Doran jumps down and then holds his back. Oh, yeah. Maybe not quite yet. Uh, Doran, are you okay? You're hurting yourself. Jesus. No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm you fine. sure you don't need a hand? Uh, I could quickly heal you uh, uh, if something's wrong. No. No, 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 it's fine. I'll, I, I, that's all the natural way. It's just a bit of soreness. I'll sleep it off. It's all, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, though, Kraloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, uh, we'll, we'll enjoy our, our drinks. Yeah. Red sort of leans forward. I, for some reason, I imagine Red, Jack, Kraloth, and Doran, like, sitting in that line. Mm-hmm. And Red sort of leans forward as Doran leans forward on the other side. They catch eyes and sort of with a defeated look lean back. Yeah. 
Jack, how how are you handling this like raucous energy from your friends? It's comforting. Like that's that's normal. The, having Red and Doran be raucous, no matter where you go or what space you're in, that feels pretty pretty apace with what's happened for the rest of whatever. So that that actually is kind of like a comforting rock in the fact that there's just swirling chaos on the wings. And it's like, all right, that's kind of that's kind of normal. That's a normal thing happening in a bar that's too quiet for them. This is normal. This is fine, right? Like we're this is going to be okay. <sighs> Look, uh, this place is kind of a dead duck. Uh, maybe we should just go see your mum. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we could. It's it's kind of late now, though, and and you know, it's the end of the year. Maybe we uh, maybe we wait till tomorrow. It's. Are you avoiding? Hey, are you avoiding? I want to roll insight on Jack. Do it. Ooh, that's a 19. Ooh. Yeah, Jack is definitely reading at least a little apprehensive. Everything about this is not normally how he interacts with his mom. Like, normally, she shows up out of nowhere on an arbitrary day and, like, invites him along on something and magical. It's just kind of been their relationship ever since she got bored with being married to his dad and left him in Waterdeep forever ago. I don't know if he's ever in his life been, like, the one to be like, I'm going to show up at your house now. And Red picks that up, and he looks at you and he says, Jack, she's going to love that you came. She is going to be so excited to see you, and more than anything, as we've said, friends need friends. I promise you this. The minute we walk in that door tonight, she is going to be a million times happier than she was before you arrived. I promise you that. She's your mother. Uh, And you're going to feel better too. Well, let's... Let's go then, sure. Just because this place is dead. And Doran looks around and then... Uh, I feel like both times that Doran and Red say dead, they articulate it to the room. Like they turn around, they're like, because this is dead, uh, maybe we Yeah, should- yeah, that, and I do articulate it. This place is completely dead, but we can totally make a party out of it. Can I hear one for a party? Yeah! And Doran just chugs his beer back. All right, let's go see your mom. <laughs> yeah, let's get yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jack reaches down and pats Kieran on the head and stands up. And is like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the last night of the year. Let's, let's go see family. You're already with family, bud. And I throw my arm around Jack. Yeah, yeah. The red light of the setting sun catches your backs as you head east, away from the riverside and into the city. Its buildings are tall. Some seemingly climb up the sturdy trunks of trees with spiral staircases and bridges connecting limbs to the upper and lower floors. The longer you examine some detail of your environment, the more of an intimate picture you discern. A tree reveals itself to be a dwelling. Some root hides a city bench upon which two elven girls are quietly sitting, training a sparrow. And above that, a balcony is carved from white stone, and there's a woman curled up in furs reading a small book. But it's almost impossible to see it all at once. You have to really focus, and then you realize that the rooftop of the shop nearby is actually a staircase leading up, and underneath that there's someone inside behind two almond-shaped windows cleaning them, and then he disappears. The whole city feels like a dream that you're descending into. Jack leads you through these streets with a sure stride. His mother's home is almost under the canopy of a temple to Shalia, 
a tree that is visible from some distance within the city. Its leafless limbs are strung with cool yellow light and cast a romantic glow for blocks. Kimara Lelithar's home and study is reached by ascending the wide arboreal stairwell on the side of a building whose sign proclaims it to be the second quill, rare tomes and scrolls. Up two more flights and around the corner, partly sunk into the side of a giant cedar tree, a small tower sprouts like a delicate ivory mushroom. Dim light emanates from windows that pierce its silhouette. She might not even be home, but I guess we should probably knock now that we're... She'll be home, Jack. Everyone's always home and Red pushes forward and knocks. As you reach the door, as you go to knock, it is opened by a tall elven woman. (laughs) Red screams in her face, Oh, you scared me! She has long auburn hair pulled back with elaborate braids and wears a cream-colored dress. Her complexion looks like moonlight, unmarred by any mark of age and luminous. And despite this ethereal beauty, she undeniably bears a resemblance to Jack. Something about the cheekbones, the eyebrows, the way she searches each of your faces before landing on her sons. Her eyes are dark and deep. Hello, Eve. Hey, Mom. And who are these? Uh, so this is... Red and Red Doran. and Robin, and this is Doran, and this is Jack, and this is oh, sorry, you knew Kralos. That's right, Kralos. I got all flustered. Normally, I'm the introduction one. I, l- let me, y- y- yeah, yeah. Um, I am Lady Kimara Lelathar. Please come inside. And she steps aside from the doorway and nods just one time, inviting you in. Well, hello. And Doran steps in and puts a hand up into her face, you know, as a handshake. Mm-hmm. It's very nice to meet the mother of little old Jack over here. <laughs> I think Jack's blushing. <laughs> just, I don't know if it's a cringe or a blush, but there's definitely something with Doran trying to stumble through that that he's reacting to. Red steps forward next and says, I, I, so, sorry, it, normally I do the introductions and then you, you ask J- Jack who it was, but, but, but I, there's sort of a banter we have where I, I always introduce, but, but, my name's Red, uh, Red-Headed Robin, um, it's a pleasure to meet you and you do look a lot like Jack, you sort of Jack with long, long hair. Jack, have you ever thought of, no? Okay, uh, Doran, is, I, I'll go wait by him. You have a lovely home. And Kraloth walks in and extends his hand as well. She looks at you with a face that kind of drops into a serious expression. She takes your hand and shakes it. Please come in. I think Jack steps and gives his mom a hug and sort of feels a little bit of relief for a moment. Hey, mom, it's good to be here. She smells just 100% like you remember. (laughs) And her home is... So familiar to you, and yet so strange. The things aren't where you remember them being, but the possessions are all the same. Mm -hmm. She's been accumulating them over an age. There are plants sitting on top of curio cabinets that trail along the floor. There's a set of antlers that adorn the wall above her writing desk, piled high with books, a scroll cabinet, and a cozy fireplace. It's not a cluttered living area, comfortable pile of pine logs stacked neatly beside the hearth and she leads you over to a small dining table set with high-backed chairs and she gestures for everyone to take a seat 
I feel like Red is like explaining the misunderstanding to like Doran. Like, he's like <laughs> but, but when, when Jack did this, I know, I know, Red. Like, but no, 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 I Red. wasn't trying to. St- it just Red. You're no, always I'm the one who introduces. Don't I introduce? I mean, but it is. It's normally me. It's not that big of a deal. And Red sits down. <laughs> Tell me, Eve, what brings you to the city? Eve, why does she keep calling him Eve? I don't know. Shut up. Eveben. It is his elvish name. Oh, you have good ears. I- it's like she can hear everything we're saying, even though I'm whispering it to you. Mind you, we're like within. Shut up. Okay. We're we're on a quest. Uh, it's been, it's been a long year. Let, let me start from the beginning. We have much to talk about, of course, but that can wait. It is the final night of the final day of this year, and I saw that you were coming today. Oh. Though I did not foresee your companions. I thought that you were alone. And she turns around, and you all follow her gaze to the stairs behind her, to the footsteps coming down, and to the man that the footsteps belong to. Jack, it's your love, Torin. <gasps> oh, oh, how nice. <laughs> Once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Merlin, Mitchell Cadwell, Alex Reed, Michael and Brianna Weber, Colin Burkhart, Daniel, Doug, Gray, Jackie and Rain, Jessica Orrit, Jonah Goldman, Melanie Shian, Lars, and Mari Kaniski. See you soon! Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.